Hello, hello, hello. <laughs> Welcome to the Never From Concentrate podcast. Uh, this is podcast number, drum roll, so. unpause. This is podcast number 14. That's crazy. We've done 13 podcasts. It also feels like whenever you see a podcast list or like list of television shows or anything and you see, oh, it's just like 10, it's like you forget how much effort goes into just the, oh, each yeah. individual we, one. We put in so much effort into oh, well, like, every I mean, podcast. <laughs> well, don't tell everybody. Have you ever done any editing? Wait, wait, who's this third voice? I think I hear someone that's unfamiliar maybe to... Well, everyone. not completely. Not completely. Uh, so we have again on the podcast today, uh, Mr. Herschel. What's up, guys? What's up? Um, yeah, I'm back HP. again. <laughs> Yo, does anyone call you HP Lovecraft? No, that should, that should be your like your uh, your freestyle name. What is that? He's like an author. H.P. Mm. Lovecraft. You know him? I get a lot of like Harry Potter, Hewlett Packard references. Yeah, yeah, yeah. H.P. Yeah. I would imagine there'd be some like print yeah. me some jokes. Yeah, HP yeah. sort of thing. Um, so I I, I want to start with some wait wait wait, wait. topic based reference. We're just going right into it. Yeah, why not? All right. Let's, get, let's dig deep. And right. It's also, I mean, it's also your, wait, wait, wait. your love of banter as well. That's why I'm trying to capture it. Because are we not going to talk about the world imploding? That's what it's about. Okay. Yeah. I said with the election. Yeah. In our in our rear rear view mirror. Guys, I'm excited to express a unique opinion that no one's expressed about it. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure it's no. possible at this yeah. point, right? No. <laughs> the millions of the I'm millions such a contrarian that whenever someone asks me about Trump, I ask them to say something, and then I just say I, I like state the opposite point because there's like no I I've reached the point of like there is nothing that doesn't sound trite and like overused. Yeah. So you just like ask someone something and they say something and you go like, well, have you considered the other side? Yeah, 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 <laughs> and then they're like, what you're Trump supporter and I'm like no but have you considered <laughs> yeah yeah I mean I was, I was talking to Herschel about this before before he actually got elected I had this hesitation to discuss him because I didn't want to be part of even though I can't vote I'm one person who lives in Canada completely irrelevant as irrelevant as you you him more to him yeah I, I, did, I, I, I don't want to well I the opposite like once you once you Barbara Streisand it then um, actually, no way. That's going against my opinion or my thought. I'm saying that if I, I didn't want to add to the, oh, he's a joke and keep talking about him and like just go into that circle jerk conversation. So I I'm just like, I didn't. And then, cir- the circle jerk is the main point. Yes. Yeah. And now it's the opposite. Now I feel like I want to talk about him because he's very serious and he has very serious implications of like everything that he does and everything he's going to go into. Don't you think now it's too late because it is. Speak yeah, like I would have an effect. <laughs> it's more like microcosm of like how we should have handled it, I guess. Okay, we just, wouldn't have been gonna, elected. We're just gonna keep going with this. All right, so thing? let me ask. Let me. I, I, I want to bring up like that. Uh, Herschel is like awfully silent. He's about to drop. Well, he, I feel like he's on like the cusp of like lots yeah, of thoughts. Yeah, yeah, he's about right. to drop bars. <laughs> so there was that uh, quote that you had about democracy from uh, Plato's. Well, it was the Wikipedia article. It's Plato. Plato. Yeah, <laughs> the Platonic <laughs> idea. What? I've been wrong my entire life. Well, maybe like if you don't mean that, Plato, yeah. but like EAU. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I'm just going to read like uh, a couple of lines, but not the whole thing because it was kind of long. And there was just one sentence at the end. So democracies were anarchic societies without internal unity that they followed citizens' impulses, keyword impulses, rather than pursuing the common good. That democracies are unable to allow a sufficient number of their citizens to have their voices heard, and that such democracies 
were typically run by fools. So Plato attacked uh, Athenian democracies, which was the you know democracy of his time, for mistaking anarchy for freedom. So I'm going to skip a little bit more here and go towards the end. Uh, Athenian democracy as elected representatives. Athenian. Athenian? Athenian? Is it? <laughs> no. <laughs> I, I'm well, actually like. Why wouldn't it be Athenian? Well, it could be both. Yeah, yeah. it's called Athena, the Greek god. I thought you yes. were trying to be like, I'm, I'm going to be extra relevant. I'm technique of callbacks, guys. Yes. Yeah. Well, I'm, 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 I'm a refugee, right, Herschel? Um, Dude, callbacks are great after you have to do like 10 bits in the game. <laughs> yeah. You can't just do a wait, callback wait. like the next bit. Yeah, remember something that happened one second ago? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> hey, remember when you did that callback? Uh, Tignataro it's actually pronounced Kilmick. This comedian has a great bit. She named Tignataro about how sometimes people laugh and they'll go, ah. like you're reminiscing about something that happened one second ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Feel nostalgic. Ah. Like that. <laughs> that was a great moment. It's like it's almost like you're reminiscing in the future already. That you're. This is a moment that you're going to reminisce on five years from now or something. Yeah, yeah. All right. So let me finish it. Plato claimed that the significance of the voice of the individual in an Athenian democracy, <laughs> depreciates as the population of the democracy increases. That's where I want to uh, ask you guys a question. Does the popularity contest of democracy scale well? Like, is that, that's what we're kind of, you know, getting into with the one of the biggest democracies in the world and our topic fame, because that's what, you know, it becomes more or less is this popularity contest and bite-sized pieces of information that you can sell to the masses not things that are merit-based and kind of what he argues about more in detail in his book that he wrote. Uh, so, I mean, that, uh, I'll just throw that it's up like to you guys. It's like a platonic dialogue. Anyway, sorry. Yeah, yeah. well, the, I mean, you said book when you described it to I know, me. I know, I know, I know. But uh, he didn't, like, there was no printing press. He didn't, like, send it to his publisher. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, wait, it's a dialogue with Socrates. So did anybody write it down, though? I think so. Yeah. So, I'm going to embarrass myself. I don't know. So... So, like Socrates never wrote anything down. He uh-huh. was just like a dude who like asked people annoying questions. And so Plato always discusses Socrates and it's unclear whether it's like Socrates saying stuff and it's actually Socrates or Plato is using Socrates as like a tool right. in the Socratic method to teach people about whatever. So I'm not sure if anyone wrote them down or if, if it was much later that like his followers wrote stuff down or if Plato actually wrote things down. I'm not... Because it seemed pretty precise, even that link that you shared about his quote-unquote book. Well, it's it's a dialogue. So he has the... It's called the um, uh, Plato's uh, Republic. And I don't know... Did he actually write... Okay, let me just look this up. Written by Plato. Okay, so he might, must have written it down. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Sorry. Yeah, there's probably just like two copies of it. Or he made a copy and then some guy transcribed it for like 10 people and then kind of catapulted. But anyways, back to the question. So scaling of popularity contest. And it's almost like, you know, it's an obvious answer, but it's kind of want to get your initial take on uh, democracy and fame, which is what it's becoming. Okay, so l- let me just qualify that. A, a few things there. One, uh, so Athenian democracy is very different than the modern American system, right? Okay. Uh, so there was, it wasn't nearly as complex. Um, There's no electoral college? No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. For the different parts of Athens. <laughs> <laughs> you, and I imagine explaining to them, like, you lose the popular vote, but you, Jerry you, you no the different, like, yeah. yeah, yeah, no. This is like a bunch of people in a room, wasn't it? Uh... No, they elected senators, okay. and the senators did stuff. Um, uh, so... But I, again, I'm not 
we're gonna be embarrassing ourselves because if anyone's listening to this who has like a deep knowledge of the classics, they'll be like fucking idiots. But anyways, let's just talk about, about stuff we do understand. So it was much different, and uh, so I've just googled it. And I'm sorry yes, to interrupt you. Go ahead. It was a system of direct democracy in which participating citizens voted directly on legislation and executive bills. So, so was the Senate not part of the? So participation was not open to all residents. To vote, one had to be an adult, male citizen. Yeah, white. Okay. Yeah. Uh, well, sorry, non, non-slave, because slaves were white. Yeah, so male citizen who owned land and was not a slave. And the number of these varied between 30,000 and 50,000 out of a total population of 250 to 300,000. So it was like a much smaller fractioned out. It was just interesting that he still had criticisms of it not scaling well, even though it was a fractioned out population that uh oh my god you know you know how embarrassing this is i was actually thinking of rome when i was saying so this is why we were fucking um yeah okay so in that context yeah direct democracy that's more like california right <laughs> on their like different propositions yeah well any kind of proposition voting is that kind of right. I suppose we bring back the idea that only landowners can vote right. <laughs> think they're just smarter better people and I'm just yeah. kidding what happens if you own a condo do you own land yeah. <laughs> I mean uh, it's a gray area right you get half a vote well, like a half <laughs> no, it's, it's the three fifths compromise <laughs> you get like one you know 80th of the vote but, by the way I looked up the reason the electoral college exists it was literally so they could give three like slaves three fifths of a vote so that, like, people in the South could have a, a, a but wait, larger... But that, that's not the only reason. It was mostly also because you needed people... Like, it, it was a matter of communication. Like, you, otherwise it would take well, forever. That was, that was the initial stage. But at, at, at a certain point, they had people who would go through and, like, ex- they had, like, representatives who, who would go and explain locally what the, the different uh, issues were. Okay. People actually had the information. Right. And then they would come back and say, like, my district. Yeah, yeah. Right. Okay, so, more uh, like my state and whatever. So, let, let's stay on topic, though. Okay, so the founding fathers definitely read Plato right, right. of the U.S. and they knew yeah. the dangers, and so they, the Constitution and the way that the democracy is structured is 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 meant to prevent a lot of the things that Plato is worried about. Right. Um, so we should distinguish that at the beginning that direct democracy. Is, I mean, there's almost no direct democracy in the modern world except for a certain like proposition type shit, which can right. still be repealed and whatever. Right. Um, the second thing that I'm thinking about is, uh, so maybe the three different like popularity levels, one is like high school, right? So we've all experienced like student council elections, um, Athens, maybe this like intermediate stage where, which is what Plato was talking about, where you have like 60, 70,000. And then the, like the massive stage is, um, 300 million people. But I think what's important... Even in India, to, 1 billion people. Sure. Yeah. But so, so to me, what's important is not the amount of people, but the homogeneity hom- homogeneity of the people. Because it's much easier um, for 300 million people who have very similar beliefs and viewpoints. It, like, you could have a trillion people, but if they all relatively think the same things, right. I don't think there's any issue. I mean, it kind of goes back to, like, the, the tribalism thing that we were talking about, even in where fame culture even originates from like of where you know some guy who was a leader of the tribe that kind of came up and had this still kind of relationship with everybody else and so if there's a 300 million person tribe that just seems like an impossibility because it doesn't have any kind of resonance to where most of our thinking in 
um, who is the most famous person of our clan and how long that was around for. Uh, so, I mean, in but general... Like, but you're not voting on... So, how does that relate to, like, the politics, right? So, so do you... If you have 100 million people in your clan, you might not know people, but you could still... Like, your vote is... You, you speak with your vote, in a sense, right? So, that's not... Like, well, where does that bring Well, I, I mean, I was talking more about, like, uh, knowing the leader and having transparency through like not just generally about like your vote and how that scales to uh what it matters and what difference it makes but like the relationship that leaders and the people who have end up having more of a yes yeah i I think i understand what you're saying now and that's a really good point because now okay so now i'm getting the thought that so the reason why maybe people now vote on these often vote on really simplistic issues is because um we there's so many people that the we're supposed to vote as a representative democracy we're we're supposed to vote in representatives who we think are reasonable and not may not necessarily agree with every single issue but we trust them Mm -hmm. and there's a much more subtle understanding of like i believe in this platform and i think they will do the right thing and that maybe works only in like a very without like a mass media without you really have to have like a relationship with that person Mm-hmm. Um, whereas when you start going on this grand scale, you feel like, can it still remain personal? Like, mm-hmm. or, or, or do you necessarily have to now be thinking about like specific issues instead of just saying like, listen, I'm, I'm going to send someone to Congress that will represent me in, in as best as right. way as possible. And they represent, they become a deity is what, something we also talked about. They become yeah. know, Trump. To take it like, in a less abstract way, these are the two most unpopular candidates who have ever run, mm-hmm. like Hillary and Trump, right? And uh, it, it, it's, it's almost in like if you look at like Obama right now, he has the high like one of the highest popularity uh, rate uh, approval, approval ratings. ratings. Yes, thank popularity you. Popularity ratings. <laughs> <laughs> pretty much what it is. It's probably more of an accurate term yeah. for what approval ratings are. And it's like it's something like fifty percent, right? So like fifty six. Fifty six, and, yeah. and that's that, and that's supposed to be considered impressive for someone out of two terms. And like he would probably have killed the election this time around, right? Yeah. To, like considering like how, how what and well, because he, he got, there's no scandals, there's nothing. The yeah. eight years of Obama and like. Like what do we? Hey, Malia Obama smoked weed though. So. Uh, well, is it in California? Because no one cares anymore. <laughs> no. He's, he was also just cool. Like, yeah. He was legitimately, and that's that's honestly a point that I want to bring up. Wait, he wait, was funny and cool. Stick, okay, okay. And that's so, part of the popularity approvalness, and he got to shine more of that. But isn't that a daily argument end. now? That well, okay. So is that a? How does that play into, um, you know, this this discussion we were having about? whether we're deifying somebody instead of uh, um, sort of voting for them because we think they can solve certain problems but not be like the end-all be-all of everything. Like, should we, should the executive branch even exist? Right? Like, because it seems like now it's just become... They set an agenda though, right? It's kind of like there's a figurehead for the the government, right? Like they... uh, they are the spiritual figurehead of it. So right. like they, yeah. they align priorities, but, but look at the Canadian system. We don't have an executive branch. Yeah. And, but now what people have done because we're so exposed to American politics is instead of voting for your MP, some people don't even know who your MP is yeah. because we've basically morphed the system to match more right. of the American system. And I, and I, to answer your question, my, uh, 
a kind of hypothetical solution because I don't think it's a practical one. I think the most practical version of it is giving states a lot more power and municipalities a lot more power because you know, and that, but that's a that's a Trump that's a conservative idea. Maybe. Sure, and that, and that's fine. I, I think that it's, sorry, not it doesn't. I don't. And, yeah, I don't. I don't think like I mean that's that's part of what I get frustrated about even talking about these things because things are conservative ideas, things are liberal ideas. I think there are good ideas and bad ideas, and it depends on the scope and the you know situation. I don't need to tell that to you, but it's just something that yeah. gets frustrating to talk about. Uh, I think that it, it should have a lot more um, you know municipal and statewide power because it's a lot more to translate in terms of the vote that you get and how that um because how that actually like i say feels like with with reason like it feels like when i voted for uh olivia chow that i voted for her and she, i can see kind of some causal relationship between that vote or you know we have a fantasy basketball league and we have 12 votes there are 12 that, is people that just because there's less votes yeah I think that, that that's also a factor yeah. into it. That's part of the question that I asked about scaling. Like, I think there is a, there is something to me that I think that it it, it changes once you have the dynamics of it. Because we haven't, we don't work well in these gigantic dynamics. I, okay, so wait, wait. Let, let, let sorry, me yeah, talk. Yeah. I think the problem with what you're saying though is that people don't care enough to vote on on my new issues or to, to engage with with that level of politics. That's I think they. I'm sure they've tried at certain stages, right? Like, in the States, you only have to vote on, like, your sheriffs and stuff. And, like, I wonder what the voter turnout is for that kind of stuff. But we've talked about this before in the NFC podcast. And, and so the argument is, uh, like, I so at my institute, a lot of people... Wait, don't... I listened to all of them. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Just tell me which, uh, which one yeah, in which the... minute it was. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. No, it was called voting. Yeah. But, uh, no, no, so, like, at my institute, we had problems with people not showing up to seminars. And then everyone was like, well, you know, it's a culture thing. We're not going to force people. And I was like, listen... Stop this false pretense. Just for, just make it marked. Right. You have to go to this. We're going to mark you. And now people are like, oh, my God, it's so nice that there's so many people. At these. Totally. And no one gives a shit that it's marked because at the end of the day, everyone's so busy now that like. Everyone is always busy. Now. Yeah. I, I think in a lot of uh, different democracies have mandatory voting. Which I think is excellent. Australia. Australia is a perfect example. Yeah. And they, I mean, if you talk about uh, social trust. I mean, there's a podcast about, uh, from Freakonomics recently talking about Even though about Australia it. did elect that dumb shit. What was his name? Uh, that guy who... Uh, uh, was like a cons- he was like their Stephen Harper, but much worse. Yeah. Right. Um, so, anyways. Yeah, but th- I mean, there's been like, you know, uh, survey studies and also experimental studies. And Australia is uh, ranked pretty high in social trust. Social trust being that uh, the, so- the strength of the social networks... Not only in terms of in-group, so tribe in-group, like, you know, we are uh, Indian people in... in uh, it's really homogenous, so I would No, 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 so in, the, in the diverse groups as well. So that was the second thing I was going to say. In but social bridging... How much bridging, diversity does they, do they really have? So, I, I mean, that was the that. other argument that, that it's growing there. And, and but it's with not the Canada, growing, right? Like, it's not... Yeah. No, so... it's not Southern Ontario. And, and it works... Uh, the democracy works a lot better on that scale because I think people are predictably irrational in the ways that they're going to respond to certain uh, things. If you force somebody to do it, sometimes it's the same thing like when you're a child. It, it scales up to when you become a, a grown-up. 
eat your vegetables. If somebody's forcing a child to do it, they don't kind of notice the effects. But after they're playing in the yard and they feel good and they don't have a sugar crash, they like inadvertently realize the benefits of it. And the same thing with adults that you're going to inadvertently realize the benefits. Oh, I actually voted. And like, I'm thinking about these issues and it's kind of forcing my hand and it's going to, you know, present a whole different world to me. Australia's mandatory voting is only in federal elections, right? I don't That's know. a good question. Yeah. That's a good question. Yeah. If we go back to the homogeneity or homogeneity yeah. being like a key factor in democracies. It's it, not a key factor. In fact, it might yeah. be a bad thing. But the thing is, it's, it creates a stable society. It helps it, for, for stability. For stability. Yeah. Right. Like, if, the, if that's what you want. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm not, I'm not saying we should all be one race. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And that's part of the reason why Stockholm and like Finland and the Netherlands work so well. Yeah. Because they have 5 million people. Yeah. So that was part of the argument that they brought up in the social trust is that they have a good in-group yeah. social but places that have good out-group social bridging um, are really good factors anyway sorry to but what I was saying is like if then people are voting on a more local scale for municipal and, provi- and provincial policies or whatever how does that work if every fa- uh, territory is so different from the next right like if, if one territory has amazing health care and that, the one directly next to it like has shitty health care or whatever right like, it just seems like that creates a that, that lacks stability at that point, right? It almost seems like you need someone at some level to be like, this is what the country's direction generally is going to be like. I, I think, you know, there's probably the balances of both. And I, I personally am more um, for like city-state versions of the way things work in, in, in how we would organize governments and stuff. Because it, it becomes, you know, you want some direction, but you want people to have the ability to make mistakes. And if that, you're, you know, the place that you're living at and they decide that they're going to have some policy that doesn't really work well, then people are going to move out. They're going to lose stuff. They're going to lose uh, dollars in their economy and they're going to have to realize and fix it, right? That's the way that you kind of have this competitive governing styles that should, in in the way that the free market works, like, you know, what's the best place to go buy shoes? The, The the best product will win in that way. So I, I just want to bring some actual numbers here, which is people our, on podcast love numbers, which are de- de- <laughs> depressing, depressing for the U.S. So this isn't finalized because not all the votes have been counted, but it looks like uh, voter turnout for two, 2016 is about 57 percent of eligible voters, which is lower than uh, the 62 percent that turned out in 2008. Um, but in absolute votes, it's almost as all-time high because there's more eligible voters now um, than there were in 2008. That is depressing because uh, when you compare it to other modern countries or even the U.S. in 1876 had an 83% eligible voter turnout when like people had to fucking like get into a horse carriage or something and right. go down like – um, and mail their shit in. So part of the problem with that is also that they have this voting idea. It's only on Tuesdays. They yeah. don't have a day, national day off, so people have to miss work for it. I'm sure you guys have seen yeah. uh, the post. It's ridiculous. Like, they just a have a lack of coordination. Uh, people can't vote earlier. Like there, There's a lot of reasons logistically that it fails. But this is a podcast about fame, and I want to kind of transition into this. Yeah. Uh, so would you guys ever... Uh, or do you guys know anybody that would actually run for office? And what would you think their motivations would be for that? Like you personally, we've talked about uh, this like kind of briefly with you, Valentin, at least. So I, I just want to throw that out there. Um, I don't think I know anyone who has political aspirations whatsoever. You know at least one person. You? <laughs> yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, at what level? 
I don't know, but I certainly have some political aspirations. I mean, I've always wanted, like, I've been president of student councils at, like, every level of school I've been at. Prime Minister. That's cool. Um, 48. So what do, you, what do you think my, let's, let's, uh, what do you think my motivations would be? No, well, why don't, don't you answer that? No, no, because I want to see, like, I'm curious. Well, I, mean, I don't think I know. You're putting it on the spot to, like, But sometimes people I know, like, can tell easier from the outside than you even can tell yourself, right? Like, so. Well, I, I know you to, well enough to, to understand that you're a pragmatic person. Which means, like, I think you sometimes, uh, I get, get, get the impression that you probably get annoyed when you see things that just aren't pragmatic, and you think that if I was in power in some way, I could Im- uh, implement a much more practical solution. Is that what it is? No. No? It's like the opposite of that. Okay, <laughs> great. I'm bored. I'm, like, bored. At least in, like, the way I think about myself. I don't, it, it's so hard to be self-aware, like, right? But, um... The way I think about it is more idealistic. It's, it's more of like I have an ideology that I think is um, I want to spread and uh, I'm bored by the details, but I feel like Trump, I could uh, surround myself with smart people who would take care of the details, right? Or like I would be, I, I would be interested in obviously being part of that and mm-hmm. want, want to have good policy positions. Yeah. But for me, it's more of like, um, how do you bring meaning to what you do and I can think of no better way than to feel like you're going to affect change into like in a way that you think makes sense, right? So uh, I don't know. That that's probably so. But do you, do you see it as uh, like would you feel more comfortable in an anonymized role to affect change? No, I'm too versus, selfish for that. Yeah, so that that's part of what I was. I mean, that's part of what you were talking about as well. In both of you guys were talking about in terms of um, is are celebrities uh, narcissists like the pathologists? Or is that celebrity? just one? In the, that's just <clears throat> you know people who are talented. The same thing. Yeah, 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 or people who are talented at that. Or probably a little bit of both. So I'm just curious to hear like if you if your motivations for or they're running like, are like somewhat yes. in that category, or, or at least like yeah, I, I think they're overlapping sets in the sense that like maybe. Not all celebrities are narcissists, but most narcissists would want to be a celebrity. You know, like it's like a, a, there's a bit of luck to being a celebrity, obviously. Um, when you took the test, were you surprised that you failed? No, because I'm self-aware. So, so those tests... Yeah, they're not, they're not very scientific necessarily. Well, the problem is you expect, you know, you're primed in certain ways. So yeah. you... I try to answer honestly, but... Um, I mean, you're also just primed by Herschel Brink. Like, yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's like, so, like it depends was, on how. Yeah, in the spirit of like proving a point. In but the, I will say, like, I'm, I'm more comfortable. Like, I, the, and I've always felt this ever since high school. Like, I'm at the most comfortable where when I feel like people respect. Like, this sounds awful, but whatever. <laughs> I'm just saying when people respect me or like they they, it's like a, I don't want to feel like I'm. But everyone wants to be respected. Yeah, I guess so. But it's like, I, I don't feel comfortable when I'm like a nobody. Like that, some people, I think, in some ways, like enjoy that. It's sort of like you want to be on the outside just observing. I feel deeply uncomfortable like that. I, I, I like when everybody knows me and sort of turns. Yeah, I wouldn't even me. say in some way. I would say that there is like definite value, and I can completely empathize with people who want to be on the outside. Yeah. Not, say that, not to say that the other side doesn't have any, they both have their own kind of. You know, psychology of people who are attracted to both and their pros and cons of each, right? Yeah. Uh, I, you know, it was one really hilarious Curb Your Enthusiasm uh, episode of 
uh, charity and the anonymous donor. (laughs) And (laughs) what he would do, he would be the anonymous donor on paper, but right afterwards... Like he would make it known that he was the anonymous. Um, I'm the anonymous well, guy. I think he saw someone else taking credit for his anonymous donation. <laughs> oh yeah, oh, that was it. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> He's yeah. Like, yeah. wait, wait, you, wait, you couldn't tell people you're the anonymous donor. <laughs> so I, I have that exact same experience. So I, I mean, obviously not on the same level, but for like my institute, we as part of one of the last things I did was we got rid of this old snooker table, got like a new pool table that was like my initiative and stuff like that. And now when people like lots of people use it. And, like, I look at it, and I'm just, like, every now and then, I'm, like, I want to make sure these people know. Like, yo, that was me. Yeah, yeah. You guys are enjoying that. Are you guys yeah. having fun time right now? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I know it sounds ridiculous, but you're, like, like you don't, you just want, you, I don't want money. I don't, I just want that, like, you know, right. social cred. Like, I want the upvotes. Well, <laughs> well, I mean, there's, like, a fairness element to it as well. Like, you have this kind of, like, uh, I don't know, social fairness of, who deserves the credit for things? And that's one thing that I think across think that's human... why socialism doesn't work. Like that's, there may be, that, that's a fundamental reason why, or at least everything we've tried now has failed for various definitions of failed because people want credit. I think people it makes sense on a small, small scale. Hey socialism man, it works, works in there. No, I'm just kidding. Imagine <laughs> being that guy. Yeah. No, I mean, it does. It does. It's I think it works on a really, I think it works on a really small scale. Like, you know, 150 people, you can have the opportunity of consensus or like near consensus or even when there are jobs assigned, so meritocracy. So you think a fantasy, a fantasy league would work with anonymous teams and just like you, you would just have the pride of having the best Well, it's team. not anonymous teams. There's just like in terms of socialism in the way that you would categorize people, it would be merit based in terms of, you know, it's 150 people, you know, you're the tall, strong, big guy. So you're going to do tall, strong, big things. You know, you're the guy who li- really likes to research things. So you're going to do research things because that's like a merit, like a merit based system that you can have easy ways to kind of see and move within that and have credit even within that. There's system. still credit in socialism because yeah, I mean, it's not, if you're assigned a role, you can still take pride in your work. But sure. But I just want to get back to, to eat that question that I asked yeah. you earlier, unless you have something yeah, to say. I just want to so. go back to something. When yeah. we're talking about the narcissism thing, and this is me- meant to be like insulting, but when you say, I have an ideology that I think could be spread, that is a narcissistic tendency, right? Yeah, yeah. obviously. It's like <laughs> writing a book. Like yeah. People are like, uh, you know, like, thinking that you have something worthwhile yeah. to say, record, is by definition narcissistic. Like, yeah. why do you think you're so special that other people should appreciate whatever you put out? Right. And that's, I mean, that's what we were talking about as well. And I want to get into about even just the way that we've, we've approached NFC um, and this kind of subtle... Uh, narcissism that's kind of like leached into it because well we want uh, our cake and eat it too we want to appear yeah. we want to feel humble yes but exactly time, you know if someone finds us out yeah. we get famous so no I, problem I mentioned <laughs> I got an email it said some, uh, your comment is awaiting moderation on NMC it's like are people commenting yeah, <laughs> it's like no yeah. <laughs> so I mean I was saying there like the first time that I, the first few like spam comments I, I would have I got like this like happiness that we had this organic readership that was growing and there's somebody that's commenting and i was like wait like that's not i I purposely don't share why do you care about this all of a sudden so i mean there's i think there's just this instinct of like feeling self-important that's probably within everybody even if how much ever you desire to kind of take that away so this brings me to the question of motivations for fame for your political aspirations and even your writing aspirations you kind of alluded to it uh in one of your posts uh, and I, I kind of summarize it in a little way. And 
whether they're pure or unpure, and in the continuum of art, artistic skill versus a non-artistic skill, because I think in in that kind of divide, you can have a lot more pure motivation for artistic skill-based um, success, right? Because you know there is not intrinsic motivation, but there's there's, still, there's value to. Uh, just the actual act of writing or the act of making music versus, you know, the value of being, a, a, you know, a maintenance worker or being a security guard or being a doctor necessarily. It doesn't have as much uh, direct, pure uh, motivation. And disagree with me if you don't. No, no, I'm, I'm going I'm to try to, I'm not going to disagree with you, but I, I, I find it hard to accept your premise of the question because I think like that, you know, that Sam Harris thing you really like to, what are you, you smuggled in a bunch of definitions. Right, right, right. Yeah, that's what so you did. So tell me, tell me okay. what I smuggled in that you So I, I, you're trying to say that it's obvious that certain things have intrinsic value. And Not I intrinsic. Think, I, I disagreed with that. Okay, what, what is it? Is that have... Uh, well, you, you corrected me on it. What, you, did you, what did you think you mean? I, I think Explain I... Explain it to me again because I, I don't think I understand even... Like, I like, think... Yeah, I think what you're saying, like, and correct me again if I'm wrong, but it's like that... Uh, if you're writing, there's, it can, there's a more romantic notion to that than taking pride in being a very good accountant. Like, there's no romantic notion to it unless you're really, really pushing it. Right, and also, or not even... If you're inventing something, it, it, it maybe there's something romantic about really that. No, 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 not even romantic notion. Not even just romantic notion. I'm seeing that there's less so with... Okay, so music is the perfect example. Music and accounting, they're on, like, kind of different extremes. There is... in Because when you make a song... Okay. You can, you have value in the creation of that song or in jamming out with your friends and making Some that. Some people have value in balancing a spreadsheet. I don't understand what. How I'm saying that there are on two different continuums. Like there's, you can say that sure and look me in the eyes and say that with a straight face that they're in Seriously. the same category. Yeah, like I, I'm not. You say that more. I'm so not like, being contrarian. I'm, I'm legitimately right now. I'm not saying like categorically sure there exists a person, but I'm saying the average of musicians or people who make music versus being an accountant, there's a way more practical element to it versus for music, other than like being famous. Okay, practicality is different. Maybe I agree with you there. Yeah, music is... Or even cooking, like that's another example. Like any kind of artistic type skill that you have, there is the actual creation of those things has value in in terms okay, of how, what it brings to you. The way I think you can phrase sure. this, so like, like, I would agree with you on is accounting solves a problem. Music does not inherently solve any problems, right? Like, what problem does music solve? But like, is there really like what? What can you say about that? What's better than silence? Bang! <laughs> I don't know. Some people enjoy silence. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think I can come up with lots of like, like emotional problem solving. But does. sure, but yeah. that's more like yeah. you don't Tangible. create a song because you want to like. Right. There's, I mean, that's just art in general. Why do you create visual art? Yeah. So like, it's the same thing. It doesn't necessarily solve a direct right. problem. Right. I mean, a lot of the best visual and, and uh, sonic art was created because the problem was the artist was poor and needed to make money. But sure, sure. but that's but there are there are artists that make music and live this starved. Like, why do you think they're a starving artist lifestyle? Because they're doing it for quote unquote pure reasons that they don't care about those things. They want to, and uh, I, you can disagree with whether that's 
really true. And that's kind of what I'm asking. Like your motivations for writing, you were saying, you know, they're not, com- zero, not zero. completely not here. But I'm thinking that they're still there. Even people so will say they? that. Wait, what are they? Well, yeah. Like, well, I was asking both of you. It aligns so more along with what you were saying where I want to be respected, right? That's yeah. what it is. And if I go up and introduce myself to someone for the first time and they ask you what, 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 ask me what do I do? I say, oh, I'm a writer. Like, I just feel like there's there's more interest in me than if I were to say I work. You, in you all like writing. the you like the idea of being a writer. Yeah, basically, I fucking hate <laughs> yeah. actually writing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It sucks. It's the worst. No, you're just, I think most I think you're just, with that. Yeah. I think you're also you're you're not you're cutting yourself short because I, I there's no way you would suffer through writing that much if you didn't love the moments that you do have when you do write something that you actually think is kind of good and that feeling that you have. It's like I always quote like Hunter S. Thompson: "Writing is like the opposite of sex." It's only good when it's over, right? Like when it's when it's over and you don't hate it, you know, even if it's 10% of the time, that 10% is really, really nice. Like it feels good. I mean, it's what, like running. I'm yeah, it's cool. like running. That's another great, like great example. I should have run 12K, but right. during the run, you hate your life. Well, so there's, I think it's like, I think it's a Hemingway quote where he goes, I have no taste for either poverty or honest labor. So writing is the only recourse left for me. That's kind of... I have no skills otherwise at this point. Like I, I, right. I really like, threw all my proverbial eggs into this basket. And so, so, but, okay. Um, I don't know if we should talk about writing because that's sort of another digression. But yeah. but writing, um, maybe you can spin it in the context of, of fame, right? So you're saying... What was your original question? So, so I'm saying how did, your, your motivations for like artistic skills or even like career skills that are on this continuum of not like practical versus artistic and they kind of get convoluted of like Hemingway's point of saying you know I'm only I'm good and that's the other thing I would say uh, that people end up doing things that they're good at even musicians end up doing things I'm good at music oh my motivations are pure but part of it is because I'm good at it and that's why I want to do it uh, so it, it's this kind of romantic uh, icing or romantic like tip of the iceberg but a lot of it I think ends up being practical and whatnot but artistic skills have the opportunity to be a lot more pure because there is value in the actual creation of those whatever you're doing so the value of like when I'm actually painting like I have utilitarian value of feeling good or when I'm making music I have I would argue that you have more um, value than when you're balancing spreadsheet on average I would say that that is more obviously Again, the case. I think that I think way of phrasing it to me just raises red flags in my head because I think I don't see why. I'm like I still don't because think you're, you're, you're appealing to this objective value judgment, which I just don't think exists. I think, uh, like for instance, someone could say when I solve a math problem, I get no value out of that. I'm not that, saying that it's, it's it's inherently there. I'm saying what's observed. I'm not saying that it's inherently more valuable than the other. I'm saying what is observed in the way that people talk about yeah, it. Yeah, I think some people like like extract tons. Maybe this is not an interesting point to discuss, but I think tons of people will say the same thing you're saying about accounting. About I'm not saying that they don't. I'm just saying on average, one does more than the other. No, How is that hard to process? I guess no process? one's being an accountant for the sake of becoming famous. <laughs> yeah, or even being a famous uh, accountant. So, so basically, the, the dichotomy only is a question for people who are trying to be famous, right? Or, okay. Cause like, or, and, or for people who pursue these artistic skills because you can question whether they, what their motivation is. Yeah. Whereas with an accountant, you can't question, right? right. It's, like it's more it's, practical. Yeah. It's, again, I think it's... it's That's why I bring that. Yeah, yeah, sure. And there's a practical component to it. But I still think even for artistic skills that have fame involved in it, yeah. there's still a practical component to that too that you yeah. can't ignore. So but I'm just, yeah. we went to that writing event. I guess did Rex give you the, the clip notes of it? 
He said there was some uh, slam poetry. There was awful slam poetry. <laughs> <laughs> really awful slam there was this dude we met, right? And he was talking about how he he's an experimental poet. Okay. And I was like, what does that even mean, right? Yeah, First yeah. of all... And Aren't then, all poets, like, by definition, experimental? And, and, and also, he just had... I, I mean, I won't get into this. Like, he just had... With I, I had some he serious... doesn't use iambic pentameter? Is that what he means? <laughs> I mean, but so, like... I, so my next question was... was he doesn't rhyme. That's what he means. He doesn't have to worry about rhyming. He actually writes from right to left. Yeah. <laughs> like Arabic style. Yeah, yeah. It's all like a manga. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He randomly fluctuates between 17 different languages. He uses all the Unicode characters. <laughs> yeah. It's all binary. Yeah. <laughs> he, uh, no, he told me that, like, I, I asked him, so are you concerned when people read your writing with whether uh, they understand what you're trying to say or not? And he says, No. I was like, wait, that doesn't make any sense to me. Like, that you, someone would write, not be concerned with people, like, understanding it, right? But he said, no, if, if, if they don't understand even 70%, if they understand 30% of it, I'm, I'm happy. Well, so what does he write for, for himself? So that, that's what he told me. He's like, yeah, mostly my motivations are for myself. Like, he, for him, he's like, it's cathartic, it's a stream of consciousness thing. Like, I sit down one day, I just get a bunch of shit out. And if some people get it, they do. So why does he publish? I mean, uh, just to make a living. I, I I don't even know if he makes a living. I mean, that, that's why I think. I mean, it's it it, it often it often gets um, all these like unpure motivation gets hidden uh, behind this romantic ideal of you know everything that being a writer, and that's why I love even Herschel being like, yeah, I want to be a writer for all the unpure reasons of like the idea of being a writer and even like people that I've met like there's this guy I met who is a, a you gotta start smoking by the way <laughs> yeah you gotta and start being smoking. an alcoholic yeah. that's Classic, you know? I tried writing drunk I remember that girl horrible. the other horrible. girl that we met Julie I think was her name like I'm just quoting her name Jacqueline Jack no Jacqueline was the cute really oh, smart no, one. You, the, oh yeah the, the one that one. you the one that I ditched yeah. and you she had she asked what my favorite color was <laughs> <laughs> did you give her the spiel about yes. the yeah. but, yeah. I was like I'm 26 years old what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> yeah. But I'm five years old. But she went on this like whole spiel about like, oh yeah, you know, I was in Montreal and I had, I it was homeless there, but there was a really good culture of art. But in Toronto, there's not. And there's, she went on this whole like the cliched idea of how somebody would talk about when you're you know, 17 what, years old and you went to Montreal and like there were like yeah, or like how <laughs> and, like you know how a writer should live in this kind of impoverished life and how, like you know she really rehearsed. That entire conversation felt like she was, you know, you, like five seconds ago in like a movie. She was in front of her mirror and then cut to scene, <laughs> like repeating the exact same thing. And I just like I couldn't. I was like, I'm about to either just, you know, you know, break her down in completely or I'm going to go leave. And I ended up leaving because I thought that was more socially polite. But they uh, it's not socially polite to ditch your friend in that conversation. <laughs> yeah, sure, go ahead. <laughs> and I don't want to make you feel uncomfortable after I, you know, was an asshole to her. Yeah, Because yeah, I no decided problem. not to be an asshole because I think that it's bad to be assholes to people. <laughs> Shoot me, Herschel. God. Uh, <laughs> um, okay, so let, let me just. Uh, I think so. I just I was thinking more about this pureness, right? And so for me, if I was to, I, so I'll, I'll give you. There's something pure for me about originality. So it's not. Um, like there's some people who say like, oh, like, what do you like? Why'd you buy this Zoom, <laughs> right? Like yeah. everyone has an iPod. It's like, well, because I like being different. Like I, I, and it's maybe that's also because you like uh, attention. Yeah. <laughs> Shout out um, to you for like just, the 15 year old example. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But like you know, that was the first time yeah. when I was like, you know what? I'm gonna 
Like, I didn't want to. Well, you did actually own a Zoom. I yeah, I bought that. a Zoom. I bought a Zoom. And I got, like, yeah. a friend of mine and I convinced him. I mean, it made sense. Like, it's, it wasn't just because it was different. But also, that part, like, given two things and they, the two things being equal, originality to me is a big factor. So, like, I would always choose the thing that is less um, popular in a sense. But in order to in some way be more popular right like it's like it's like a well i mean that's like whole, yeah thing, so right? I, like, I feel like i would like to just even for my future self to get my hipster thoughts on some recorded form because i've thought about this for a while and i think there's so my hipster rant is that one before i say everything else there is this kind of cliched idea of a hipster which is not of what i'm about to talk about cliche idea like you know big glasses a very extravagant bike um you know having uh, really like weird so, clothing for the sake of weird clothing. Like you, you can imagine in yeah. terms of the handlebar way. Mustache. Yeah, handlebar <laughs> mustache. Really small handlebars on the bike. Yeah, they're like, <laughs> imp- like things that are just like in this kind of Portlandia type ideal yeah, of yeah. like a hipster. Uh, uh, that's okay. Well, that's Kanye, you know? <laughs> Sorry, I'm just about recording a track right now. <laughs> this is how we ad lib. Uh, anyways, uh, the other idea is that I think. And this kind of goes in terms of like local things, what I was trying to talk about in the one post that I had. Uh, people like to, and there's an appeal to be part of uh, something unique, like the originality or something about to be cool, right? Because there's something, like, you know, a small coffee well, they, shop. They like to say, I told you so. Right. <laughs> and also there's like, you know, the small coffee shop has its appeal in terms of its scale and, you know, knowing about it when it was uh, on a smaller spectrum of uh, what the appeal for everything was. And yeah. when, when, you, when you kind of, like, you know, coffee shops are probably a little bit poorer, but like music even, like, li- like listening to... But that's almost like a treasure hunt, right? Like, I, I, don't, I don't think, I think that's slightly different than what I'm saying, because that, that seems like it's, a, it's fun to discover new things before other people have discovered them, right? Because they're just like, it, it's, it's a thrill to be like, oh my God, this is amazing, no one knows about it. And I knew that before other people, right? Right. Whereas what I'm saying is more of a... Um, I think they're kind of like linked together. They they're are linked, the same. Right. Yeah. Right. And it just becomes thrill. like people people end up being called hipsters because they uh, they like doing those things. They like being on this treasure hunt or finding these things or discovering these things. And it it's a relative concept. So there are people who are, you know, in certain categories who are more hipster relative to other people. You know, music critics are super hipster because their jobs are to be hipsters and find trendy stuff, right? Or some, like, you know, they may not be hipsters in the fashion world, right? They have this kind of uh, narrow scope of being a hipster and this kind of idea that, and they got this, this idea of like, oh, I'm a hipster because I like something kind of unique and narrow. Uh, it always bothers me. I'm like, that's cool. That's part of being like human and discovering things. Like, being ironic for the sake of being ironic in that cliched hipster sense, that is like kind of ridiculous. That I kind of scoff at. But like just because I like something very narrow and unique or anybody likes something narrow and unique in that window or category and that is qualified as hipster, cool. That that should be fun. It's all about like a, just being genuine, right? Yeah, being genuine in your, what your likes are and like not having this like worry about being because i'm doing this part of the trend and there is some kind of drop off when it becomes mainstream like if i'm listening to a song you know while i'm it's a very emotional 
uh, Frank Ocean song and I'm, you know, in some stupid doctor's office waiting and there's some like really, you know, disgusting old uh, fat Does brown sound guy. super judgmental throughout this whole diatribe? You're such, you're, you're like the judgmental hipster right now. You try not to be, but like, everyone is sure. about being a hipster. Yeah, yeah, yeah maybe. You're yeah. like a meta judgmental right now. I'm like on an inception layer hipster. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like, if I see, if I hear that song there and it's become mainstream, it's going to have negative, con- like, it's not going to be as positive. It's not in personal the, to you. It's not personal. It's not, maybe it's the that. doctor also shares your. Well, it's because that's on the radio. That's, what, that's why, I mean, radio songs can become over, like, overplayed and you yeah. lose the, like, environments but where you've The first article out of Freelance, the, the premise of it was how to brag about music before, without being an asshole. Yeah, I, I read that one. Yeah, <laughs> it, was, it was great. Yeah. yeah, and, like, it's just the idea that, like, that's exactly what you're saying. Like, Look, I don't. I'm not saying give me a fucking Grammy. I just want some credit. Like I found a cool thing before you did. Like, <laughs> and uh, like I don't like. And the the little suggestions are dumb things. Like, uh, like uh, go to their show and cheer extra loud when they say this one's for my day one fans. <laughs> 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 like, it's just like I don't know. I, I do think there's some there's some merit in it, or like even just like. Even knowing, hearing something and, and having the, the ear to be like, that's going to blow up. You know so, what I mean? So, so then to tie this back to this whole popularity, fame thing, I think maybe that's... So for me, that does tie into that whole... The fact that you want to be this, the center of attention. Well, not... The center of attention sounds really bad, but... Yeah. Uh, the, the fact Everybody that you, look at me! The so, fact that you want to influence yeah. people is, is also... Has that originality tied to it because you feel like... I'm not part of the sheeple, so to speak, yeah, right? right? Like I'm, I am being original in this way by, like, even if you can influence anybody, that by right. definition feels original because yeah. you're, you're like impacting. And that's what I was kind of trying to get at: local fame. So there's yeah. still like yeah. famous, like right. you know, my friend that I know that gives me like all the great food recommendations. Like yeah. he is famous for that in our little social structure, yeah. and that that's something that's really recognizable because I think that's where we kind of adapted and yeah. grew from. So I'm gonna ask one last question. It's a very, a very like completely off the cusp of what we're talking about. Um, in the topic, we, we have to. I know it's like 50 minutes now, but we're gonna do an hour special because of Trump. Uh, I, I, I have to say something about this, and I want your opinion. So go to the last question, and then we wait, wait, go do your opinions, and let me do the last question afterwards. Then okay, because I've so, already labeled it as last question, so it feels. I know. It's, yeah. uh, have you ever heard uh, read the Asimov short story, The Last Question? Uh, <laughs> it's really good. Anyways, um, <laughs> it's always recommended on Reddit, so maybe you guys have seen it. Anyways, uh, so. I, do you find it sad about how we're more, this is like a bulb of thought, but we're more connected than ever. And somehow we are like li- the, we are, we, nobody has their hand on the, like the, the pulse of the society anymore. Everyone is so insular in their little like circle jerks. Yeah. And it seems, and it's depressing because it's like, like think about you yourself. Like I don't know. I know one dude who gets like three likes on Facebook who supports Trump, and it's like if if I had to, if I was like a robot processing, like, you know, all this data, I would think like no one supports it, and that to me is sad because it's it means that there is some sort of filtering mechanism in society that 
And in Facebook, literally. Well, yeah. They yeah. also, like, um, have it in but their But, I mean, I don't re- actively disable any friends. Like, no, it's yeah, just, yeah, like, the people I associate with. And... So, funny enough, I read a thing that was talking about, like, a lot of these alt-right people. Um, the, on yeah. Reddit and stuff, there's and, all these threads for them. And, and like, they're... R slash the Donald. Yeah. There's, they're, they're, like... Is that in, not, a, like, ironic thing, or is it actually... No, that's a real... Like, well, I, I think it started out... You know, these things kind of start out half-ironic, yeah. and then yeah. people... Uh, yeah. yeah. And then <laughs> Pepe memes, you know, whatever. Yeah. But, I mean, um, they memed I, him into, yeah. the, into, the, into the White House. <laughs> but, uh... Like they, a lot of the Trump supporters were trained to kind of like be quiet about their support, like, yeah, yeah. like because like th- there was even like guides for like how to talk to your libtard family. I fucking hate that word. Yeah, but like uh, no, but the ironic part is that because like, they, they say they won't understand, right? Only you can understand as a disenfranchised white male or whatever, right? But wait, 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 okay, so that sounds like so I I see both sides of the story too because I think the problem now is that the two sides are talking past each other, right? So the liberal side by and large is worried about privileged problems. You're worried about things that affect the globe. You're worried about like gay marriage, um, which is obviously not a privileged problem for some people, but in general to a person who's not gay, that's a privileged problem. And the people on the conservative side, by wait, and large... Wait, a privileged problem is, is wanting people to have rights? No. Yeah, I, don't, I totally disagree with that. Okay, so gay, gay marriage, maybe... Gay marriage is not a good Or, or some people not being put on a registry, or like... No, no, but <laughs> if your family didn't have food to put on the, on the dinner plate, you wouldn't give a shit about, like, Miami's going to get underwater in 20 years. But uh, the, the, the recent data is showing that people, like, the, the lowest income people all voted for Hillary in a uh, higher margin. Higher income people were actually voting for Trump. Right. So, so it's yeah, not a working I, class revolt the way we first thought, right? Right. Yeah, it's it's yeah. more like people who feel like they've been ignored, right? I think that that's what where it's coming to. Okay. Yeah. So like I, I heard a great bit about this recently, where like someone's like, you know, we sh- we can't keep like alienating old white men by like hating on them, and because the idea is like, look, they did horrible things, right? Slavery, horrible thing. But airplanes, fucking dope, right? But old white men didn't do slavery. What, like, well, what well, do you... I mean, like old white men, as in like like the legacy of like. Uh, so what? I'm supposed to blame you for your what, old your white men who, who lived through segregation. Old white men who like who. who I mean, I think it's like the on. I think it's like the like the cliche of people who are controlling a lot of the government structures and their sons and their. It's not necessarily exactly the people who are there right now but it's that kind of idea of the white man who has been running and it's the white man's society we are immigrants from british colonization and whatever else that happened and most of the people that had run the governments and had money were white i mean that's something you can't like deny so but but, but as a white man the only white man in this room right real minority (laughs) uh i'm currently yeah no which is funny (laughs) so i just i'm about to kick you out of the house anytime yeah i know i know i just don't understand how you can blame like it, it I, I don't know. It, it feels weird to to uh, like put blame on the modern person for generations that you you have no control over, right? Like you, it wasn't. I, I like. What should we blame all the black slave owners in Africa for selling the slaves too? Like, what about them? They were dicks. Well, I mean, this, this is way off topic. Yeah, <laughs> I know. way off. Topic. And I, I just so, like I, like yeah. it, it's it's just. 
Okay, so okay, so back to this insular point because I think it's more to do with like our generation and and technology and all this type of stuff. And this is also just like completely unrelated to fame. You just wanted to talk about that, just to no, clarify. The, is there any angle that you were specifically looking at? Well, the fame part is that like, how do we ensure? It's, it has to do with local fame, right? Like local fame. But I think when, when you have watch such watch. a large, such a large what? How do we widen our circles? Like exactly. Yeah. 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 How do how do we ensure that the local circles are large enough that we have perspectives okay, on right. a whole so, bunch of different issues? I've been thinking about this, right? So, if it's, they say twenty five percent of people voted for Trump, right? Of twenty five percent eligible voters overall. Yeah. <clears throat> it, like say like okay. Um, and, and like, there's a lot of media that says that cautions us to it, 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 as to grouping them all together in this like sexist, racist, misogynistic label, right? Yeah. Which probably like they probably aren't all that. Because like then who ends up being the bigot? But at that at the same time, there's like the, a lot of them who are what I'll say is like they just don't consider those angles at all. Like they, they're more in like their bubble. So it's not that they're they're overtly sexist. It's that they're self interested and they don't care the president is sexist because it doesn't affect them. Yeah, I think but, that's yeah. But the, the the broader point of what I'm saying is, there's probably fifty percent of those people who, who who are like that, who who don't understand why it affects other people. Those are people we need to have conversations with, right? I have people in my family who would say like things like, "Oh, yeah, I think Trump could be good for 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 America," and I, I would just roll my eyes at them as well as actually well, engaging them. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And and like that's been the problem. It's this whole like unwillingness to talk about it because you think it's so irrelevant, right? Like it's like I don't even want to bring his name up because it's like icky. Yeah. And then. All of a sudden, we're covered in slime. It was that. It's also like I had no. I didn't think he was gonna win. Also, I just like it. It, just, it felt like impolite, right? It's my uncle. And, what? What am I like? Can I, am I really gonna like yell at my uncle at the dinner table? You know what your I mean? uncle's not a uh, disenfranchised white male, so no. why was he? He's <laughs> <laughs> like, I, like I, if I had engaged him and be like, like you have to ask the hard questions. You have to be like, so when you say you're supportive of Trump. Is that because you only care about yourself, or, or do you understand like the implications of his presidency? Like that, that's a hard question, but you have to ask it probably in a more tactful way, obviously, because so you, you're going to alienate them. If you, anyway. you guys did change my mind on something because I didn't know the statistics, but somehow it didn't connect to my mind because I looked. If you look at white educated, uh, like uh, college educated males, those went for Trump. Yeah, um, which is like I was shocked. Yeah, I was genuinely and, shocked. To and hear even that. even if you look at like female educated uh, uh, white white voters, it's not like it was like ninety five to five. It was like sixty forty. Like so, there were people. So so then, how do you explain the 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 forty percent of white educated? Females who voted for Trump, like they're not disenfranchised, they feel on the outside. So, so what what is their perspective? I mean, the thing is that it, it, it becomes hard, and this is probably like the like talking back to the criticism of democracy. It becomes about this talking point, whatever the media kind of spun as the story that you can absorb, and it's not a lot about actually talking about issues. Let's say there's a small subset of those people who you can actually have good discourse of issues or even that not even that you could maybe you could have it with a lot more but that actually want to do that who actually are seeking that out and have like a very informed opinion of why they, who they're voting for versus it just being like this kind of popularity contest and you know people kept saying america's last series you know like like it's just so i mean like what what kind of joke is that like is this this is what people are voting for in this kind of half whimsical way and that's that's what i honestly think it became but anyways, I just want to wrap this up with a very, very quick question. 
Whoever answers yes or no to this, did somebody just take the other side? Wrap it up in two minutes, okay? Celebrities and deity worship. Keep that in mind, okay? Um, and there is uh, attached mysticism to like that celebrity uh, that you end up like. I think a lot more so than you do now with uh, you know people in the '60s and you didn't know who the celebrity was, or even like the way the weekend style is. He doesn't want to do any interviews, so he has this kind of mystique to him. So. If the world had no religion, okay, everybody became uh, agnostic for the most part or scientific. Do you think celebrity worship would increase or decrease? Uh, I guess it, I guess it's a good question to pose because we, we did li- liken celebrity to like uh, uh, it fills our, our worship. Right. So worship the question point. also like stems from like do people who are religious deity worship celebrities more so than people who aren't or is it a substitute for people who aren't religious do they substitute and worship you know okay so i'll I'll take the i think they substitute i think it is um to a certain extent you look for um figures that you want to follow and give you you know what? It's not because I'm trying to think about myself. Like, right? Like, do I actually look to people and and like should I do this or that? Like, for moral judgment. I mean, or, someone or, like Bo Burnham, I guess you could say he's had. A, I do though. I do. Know. I think about like what would Bo Burnham do? And I think, <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, WBBD. Yeah, yeah. Or, or um, you know, like, <laughs> and, and if I'm filming a video, I'm like thinking about Casey Neistat or something in his style. So you know what? I do do that, and I whereas maybe. A thousand years ago, people, you know, went to church and tried to interpret the Bible and and that gave them some sort of guidance. So, yeah, I I think people, you you want that sort of external validation or at least external... um, Something to look to. Something to aspire to. Yeah, maybe not aspire is the wrong word. Maybe just to like... For guidance. You guys are just, you guys are supposed to agree and disagree to this. No, I mean... I, I, it's okay. I mean, we've all. But what I you're saying though is it just direct substitute for God? I, I guess like, I guess do people do look to God for values or whatever? But yeah. those people also have these these like uh, human beings who they they also look to. Because I would argue, because if you guys aren't arguing, I'll do it. If uh, I think there's a psychology associated with the type of person who uh, does. Letter Cohen just died. That sucks. Like just as we were speaking. Just I got a New York Times notification. <laughs> You know the yeah, yeah, yeah. we just knocking yeah. Hallelujah, yeah. Canadian, right? I think it's Canadian. Yeah, Montreal. Well, we almost thought they were going to sing at his funeral. Yeah, yeah. Which version? Buckley, obviously. Yeah, sorry, Leonard. Yeah. All I was saying was that there's a psychology of people who deity worship. So. Person, people who are uh, worshiping God are also the type of people, like in like a very like you know literal sense. There's a dude up there, and I'm worshiping him, that dude. Uh, so like Abrahamic type religions, I guess. Uh, and they're the type of people who would also do that with like oh like you know the uh, evangelical Christian pastor leader or oh you know um, the, they're probably more dogmatic. Yeah, they're, and they're also like you know they're gonna worship uh, the. Uh, Crown, what, what's the girl's name? Kate and Prince Kate, or I don't know what the hell. Right? Oh. Kate, Kate and, and um, Kate Middleton. Kate yeah. Middleton, there you go. Yeah, yeah, something. Yeah. Um, 
Prince Catherine. But anyways, I, I mean, this has gone on for a while, so... Okay, so let's just end it with saying, um, who's building the bunker? Uh, or let's all vote for Valentine, 2048. Yeah, yeah. Man. yeah after, after my Trump support... No, I'm just kidding. I'm not a Trump supporter. I just like to... You love Trump. I, I'm trying yeah. to understand... You love Trump. You know, Trump. This is good to have this on record to like screw you over. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, <laughs> screw me over. What do you mean? Also elect me into one of the Jesus. Uh, <laughs> anyways, um, life goes on. See everyone in a month. Cheers.